0: Welcome to Driving the Trains with Steve McKay. Hey folks, I'm Steve. And I'm Adam. And it's Wednesday night, we're in the mini, and so it must be time to talk trains. We have the agenda taped
1: to the dashboard, as usual. And Adam, what are you holding on to there? And this week we have a printout of the map for the game we'll be talking about. What are we talking about tonight? We're going to be talking about 1862, 1862. 1862, we have a map, all kinds of
0: process improvements, people. So, you know, we're just, we're, tr- we're quality. We're nothing but quality here. Um, so first, a little housekeeping. I mentioned uh, in my last episode that I heard from Dave Barry, um, creator of 18GB. Um, I've been continuing conversation with him. He listened to the uh, 24 podcast and attempted a maneuver that was uh, somewhat sad for him. And so anyway uh we'll have another 18 uh, 24 podcast just as soon as adam remembers how to play that game um mm-hmm. and i uh, actually did it. he told me yeah let's do 1824 and i had to send him the outline and he was like yeah we can't do 1824 let's talk about something i played more recently so we're here to talk about 1862 um as usual we're going to focus on strategy uh the wheel tapping guys uh chris Whitpan, Tony Fryer, um, this last week, or maybe it was Monday, just released their latest podcast, um, and they managed to get a nice chat with Mike Hutton. And so if you want to know about how this game came about to be, um, really worth a listen. Uh, They did a great job talking with Mike, and uh, since we don't cover always a lot of the basics, we just get into, like, gameplay and things, you may want to go give that a listen. Um, I think there's also someone did a fairly good rules teach out there on the YouTubes, so... Anyway, check out your social media um, and I'm sure you can find more about the game okay so let's let's get into so we're going to do we're oh uh, quick, quick program notes, so we're leaving a little later today, which can mean the podcast might be longer because the traffic is a little worse um, so that, that one's on me that well, you know these things happen, and um so because uh we're leaving a little later, um but we have a huge agenda because this is a big game. Um, but there's one part of the agenda that's, like, mandatory, and will be at the end, um, and so we may skip through and get to that, but when we get to that, um, that may be where if you've never played this game, you just want to, like, skip, like, forward ten minutes and listen to my end-of-game wrap-up for what we played tonight, because there's gonna be some tactics that I, I want you to have played the game a few times before you hear this strategy. Um, so anyway, that's little program notes for you. Well, that's like 40 minutes away. You know, We'll probably be in the streets of Berkeley by the time we get to that. All right, so Adam... Um, all right, so mm-hmm. uh, actually, I'm going to start out. So two types of companies in this game. There's chartered companies, non-chartered. Chartered companies, you bribe the government. They give you lots of cash for full cap. Non-chartered companies, there's no bribe. There's no competition. You just start one of those babies. and uh, But it's uh, incremental cap. So every share of stock goes into the company, and yay, but... Um, uh, and and payouts when the company pays, it pays into the company for any shares that the company still owns. Adam, what what are your thoughts? Opening game, opening company strategy, very beginning of the game. What do you what
1: do you typically do? So, for opening companies, you start the game in these parliamentary parliamentary rounds, where you're bidding on the companies. And usually, I end up getting companies full cap in the parliament round, just because. Um, based on what companies come out randomly, there's going to be companies that are much better than others, and so the best companies are probably going to the people that are willing to bid on them in the parliament round. So normally, I'm going for that. I'm, I personally like to go for the express trains or a freight. Um, I don't normally play the locals. We, we do. I do play some folks I play in my locals. games that, that Steve plays a lot of locals. I play locals. Maybe I'm just not willing to outbid Steve on the locals. He's he's Uh, willing to uh, to pay for them, and I drop out early. I don't know. And
0: and on the bidding strategy, I mean, so this game plays extremely differently at different player counts, okay? At a four-player game, most people have plenty of cash. They're going to start two companies. And so you can get some fairly high pricing. And What you really got to do is you really got to force the player who wants that company to pay enough that they have to capitalize it. Low. Like you want them to just bid five dollars more and then realize, oh, I, I can't do a sixty two par. I've got to do a fifty seven or whatever, fifty two, yeah. the bottom whatever the bottom one is. I think it's fifty four. Yeah. I got fi- it pulled up yeah, fifty four. And so so, you know, that's part of my bidding strategy is to get the players to just bid that
1: five dollars more to restrict the amount of capital going in the company. Um I, I think for the four player game. Um, you can do two companies early and have $60 that you can bid extra in the parlor round if you're footing at 54 So if you get them cheaper than that, people are going to get them par higher and have more capital. Yeah. But sometimes it can be worth it spending all $60 if you get the right company.
0: Yeah. I, I would say in general, though, if you can be the guy who paid nothing, that it may outweigh the advantage of the better companies. De- and that's definitely true... In a four player game, if you can come out with having paid zero uh, and maybe have an extra share of stock, um, it may outweigh the, the benefits of of having, uh, um, you know, the better company, the company that's going to pay better.
1: I, I agree because, I mean, you might have people that are paying $50, $60 in that money. And if you save that, that's one share potentially in a $54, $58 part yeah. company that it might be one of the better companies on the map because they spent so much capital they had to part low.
0: Yeah. So so let's go to the map and like good combos and things. As, as Adam mentioned, you know, he likes the... Um, the, 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 express trains and the freight trains. I'm, I usually like a local early in the game. Um, a local early in the very first round is worth much more than a, starting a local when the C's are available, in my opinion, because they've been paying in for a long time. They're going to get you one of those middle of the company, tr- uh, middle of the game trains. Oh, and it looks like I lied about traffic. Cause we're about to get on the bridge people. This is insane. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well maybe I spoke too soon. Okay. A couple of light cycles and then we'll get on the bridge. Um, um, but you know, so so I usually like to get one of the locals and then one of uh, preferably freight. Usually, I stick away from the expresses mainly because I have other players in the game who are willing to bid more on the expresses. I, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder who that could be. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that's usually the combo I go to.
1: Uh, Adam, I don't see you comboing a lot generally, do I? I, I, I mean, maybe a freight and a and express is like the late game play, but I I usually am okay waiting much longer to pull on the other train. Um, So I might not even do it until like the very like D train, E train kind of late game merger is when I pick up my other permit. Not always, kind of depends on what's coming out. Um, I do want to end the game obviously with two permits in my company. And usually the late game money is in the freights uh, so normally you want a freight. Um, yeah, by the end. By Definitely the end, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but because I do espresses in freights, I think that does change which which spots on the board um, I tend to be in because there's certain spots that work well with espresses. There, there are spots that it's really hard to make an express, make money early mm-hmm. to make it worth doing. Yeah, and
0: let's talk a little bit about like places and things that you want to be on the board. So, first, um, London off board. Um, if you haven't played the game, you're probably only standing half of what we're saying. But, um, you know, that London off board, you got a token down in there to be able to run into London. Um, and. It's not impossible to win this game without a London token, but it's certainly easier to win the game with a London token. Um, And so, but, you know, if you're like me and you want a local... It means you're going to be running away from London, most likely. Um, There are a couple of towns down in near London, but because you can't actually run to London with a local, the track lays have to be really weird to actually get to those towns. Usually those towns are just an annoyance to a freight owner that has to go through them. Um, and so, what I typically find, if I do want that local, is you know, if it to, for it to be worth anything to me, it's got to be north. It's definitely got to be north of Norwich. Um, but you're probably going to be ending up in the the actual northern half of the map um, for those for those dits to be there and for that the, the local to really pay off. Um,
1: it Seems like the WVR is a is a common if it's a local. The common one that you th- I see you fight over.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I but I think my my thinking's actually changed on that. I, I so and we'll get into that. that's that's partially for my endgame thoughts, but uh, but yeah, the, the, definitely there's some you know locals that are in and around. What is that one? That's uh, north, north Norwich. Norwich, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's yeah, this north, one down uh, here? Uh, Ipswich. Ipswich. Yeah. So the Ipswich. There's those three bits north of Ipswich. That if by the way, if you're a local guy. Um, you can create havoc for the express trains and especially the freight trains by laying those three dits and sort of cutting the map in half. Um, and yep. so, yeah, that that can be kind of fun. Um, you you talk a little bit about you know where where you want to see your uh, your express trains at.
1: So I'll go. I'll do freights first. How about that? All right. So generally, I like to do a, if I get a freight in. Um, by London where you can open with a freight. So in this game, the freight start at like one hex train. So you have to be real close to London, one or two hexes away. And you have to make sure you have enough track lays where you're gonna be able to get that token down in time to run. But then that's good money, especially if people push it to seas um, by the time that you run. And then London's a 150 revenue spot in uh, the C train. Or if you get up to Kings Lane up in the north, um, that tends that's a Y city with a um, offboard and you can open like three freight trains and run um, if the whistles not open you can run a, a red to a, a red offboard to an ocean spot yeah th- right away so yeah, that's man. a really strong opener if you're able to pull it off so th- I like those for freights um, there's some other good spots around the water that you can do as well depending on sometimes you can get those cheaper because they're not as as good. Yeah, there's so so. Um, uh,
0: Jonathan Anderson actually had an email out to the uh, 18XX uh, groups IO list, and I think he also posted on BGG asking a bunch of questions about exactly how to freights run. And I, I go out and find that because it's worth understanding that you can run a series of freight trains from a red to a red. Or from an ocean to an ocean, because the series of trains, each train has its own individual operating rule, and the series can can effectively break that. So a single train can't go from red to red, but a freight route made up of multiple trains can. And so, um, you know, there's several places on the map where you can start the game with three A's or with, it, better yet, an A and a B, and you can be running for big money in the first OR. So um, so there's definitely some places which are just going to pay out if it's the right combo, freight in the right location, not no one around you to screw around with you and token you out, um, where you, you can run for some, some big money early on.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, in this game you can only buy three trains off the start three of each type at the beginning of the game right we yeah. definitely had that a game where where we were playing just kind of normal 18xx where you can buy four but yeah kind of yeah definitely found out found that out later in yeah. the game which was um unfortunate yeah it's unfortunate but
0: yeah yeah but three um, of each type at the beginning of the game. which it, which actually that kind of um you know let's let's actually get into that so well, first, one of the things that you want to think about when you look at that company is you definitely want to plan out your first couple track and or token lays. Like when you're bidding on that company, you want to know, OK, I'm going to lay track in my home and then I'm going to token in London and then I'm going to lay these, you know, this end tile. Like because I'm the EUR. Right. And that's that's your thing. Right. Um, you know, you, you definitely want to have planned that out because. It's it's vital that you execute on a specific plan because there, there if you make a little tiny mistake in that in that first or, other players are going to be earning like twenty and you're going to be earning like ten or nine
1: or six. You know? Yes, and that's really really hard to recover from in in this game. Yeah, yeah, maybe not impossible, definitely not impossible, but yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, all right, so let's let's
0: move into that first or and and okay, so. The first trains are those A trains, and the A trains um, come with a warranty, um, and as I like to say, trains that come with warranties need warranties, um, and, uh, you know, so the warranty is going to guarantee that it runs at least once. Um, you can buy more warranties. Um, you you can buy up to three total warranties if the train came with one, that means you can pay for two more. Um, and Adam, your thoughts on like very first OR? What are you doing about the trains? How are you navigating that?
1: So I going into what you're gonna, what track you're gonna lay with the companies that you're bidding on, that's really important, and I think that also ties into which par price you're wanting to set, and and how much capital that's going to give you. So um, if you're bidding in the parliament round, you're going to be paying uh, sixty times three stations. For all three stations up front, so you're going to be paying 100 in it's 180, right? 180, yep. It's 180. Um, that so that that works out with the the par prices where if you par at 54, you're going to have 360 dollars after of money to work with, and and if you par at 58, you're going to have exactly 400. And because the A trains are 100 and the B trains are 200, I find that that difference between 58 and 54. Is it like where you par in there for me is a, it's a really big deal it's in my huge. gameplay. Because if you can get on 58, if you can afford that par, you're gonna be able to potentially do like two A trains and then a B train. Or if you're really late and people are really go aggressive, you might even be able to snag two B trains right away, which I mean if you if you can get that that's a huge headwind yeah I, in, I, in your game I, and, and the other players probably should not let you they shouldn't have let value. you do it
0: and, and but but my my sort of like favorite paring thing is you and part of it is I care a lot less now about the companies that I actually start. I don't try to bid and I try to get the other players to snap up all the good stuff and just leave me the junk because what it allows me to do is I can I can typically par something at that $62 range which means I'm going first at I think it's 6 yeah it's 62 yeah. and 58 so you can par one at 62 and go first and have it buy A trains for the other company and mm. and then have the other company buy a pair of B trains um, or buy buy a B train and buy buy down the a. it'll be buying down a trains at half price because by then you're on the Bs and and give enough money for that first company to then buy an, a B you know in the next round over. and so that whole early train manipulation to maximize, especially if you can get one of those freight runs that goes between offboard and um, and C or um, you know or C to C. You're, you're just like accelerating. You know, yeah, they may have the better location, but they head to par lower, so they don't have the trains that really let them maximize on the location.
1: So, what I like about your strategy there is that in the end, you're getting out like maybe four trains at once or three trains at once, but you still have B's. So, you're less, you're going to get, you're not going to hit that, that wall when the C train comes out and hits all of your A's. And if you didn't do it like that, you might have less trains going into that first run or. Yeah. Or maybe you end up with a bunch of A's and then you are gonna hit that wall harder when it when it comes out and and it's probably gonna come out really fast. Yeah, typically in and, the games we play. And the
0: thing is because you've you've parred that one company high, typically higher than most other players, it's gonna to get to run its A's. It's gonna have the warranties, it's gonna to get to run its A's, and then it buys the B, you know? And so it's not gonna be it's not gonna to have to, you know, you're not gonna to have to buy extra A warranties and things like that. Um, we, we played a game one. Actually, we had to drive over. One of the reasons I thought about this podcast, we had to drive over. We talked a lot about warranties in this game and and strategies around
1: warranties. Do you have any thoughts on warranties, Adam? Yeah, so we got all hyped up about buying the A-Train warranties and just running the A-Trains a bunch. Uh, and so I went for that, and it, it kind of got a pause around the table. And then other people, there was at least one other person decided they also wanted to buy some a train warranties, but but it ended up being a complete dud because and, well we, we were spending our money on warranties and not trains and then not rushing yeah through the trains so it was and yeah. I think we also screwed it up in that you bought warranties for
0: both A trains like you bought like I, yeah, I, I think it was like you bought like extra
1: warranty rather than loading up on one train you you like evened them out I like evened them out and I think I had like I bought like two more warranties I had like two on each. So I got like two guaranteed runs, mm-hmm. but if you par high and get one warranty, you might get those two runs anyway, because yeah. you're, you're running first without spending the extra $100. Uh, that yeah, it did not go well for me at all on yeah. that. I think that- We still won that game, but that's for the, that's for the secret strategy at the end was- well, Yeah, gonna I, had, I had to get creative and yeah. that.
0: So, and, but I think, I mean, on the buying of warranties, they're not necessarily horrible on the A's. Um, if you can only run one A train, so if you have a company that can only run one A train, it can't run two As, um, and you're you're still buying As and you're low down in the order, <laughs> and if there is like you know two As sitting there and you're sort of like low down in the order, there's only going to be a couple companies operating after you. I think you might be better off buying one A and then maxing out the warranties on it so that it lasts and you can maybe have enough money to get to the C, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, especially if that A is a local. The local is going to, you know, pay into the company. You're going to make sure you get, you know, three payouts from that train and paying into the company. And then you'll have money for that C train. Um, I, but I, I, I think buying lots of warranties, you're probably better off buying the other train. And if you, if you are operating two companies, you know, then you're probably better off buying you know a's in one and one of b's and the other and buying the b over kind of thing um rather than loading up on the warranties now we have been really talking more about four player game you know five player game the game changes significantly because you can only start one company really um and so a lot of these like two company strategies disappear so um you know just just Keep in mind which game you're playing. We're not really talking much about how to play the five-player game. We're really assuming you're starting two companies, and I think this would apply to a
1: three-player. I don't know. Have
0: you ever played a three? I don't think I've ever played a
1: three. I don't think I've ever played a three on yeah. this game. We usually pull out a different title at three. Yeah, like this might play well at three. I just yeah. We know other done. games that play well at three, and so when we're at three, we typically play out a forty-nine I, or something like that. I I like eighteen sixty-two. Best at four or six. I think I would rather play four or six than the five-player game. Yeah. Because uh, the five-player game you have too actually much has, has less companies in the six-player game, and I think that both the five and the six-player game has less companies open right away than the four-player game.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The six-player game, it's like you have you have more
0: thinking. Whereas the five-player game, everybody starts a company. It's it starts high. They all start about the same level. Usually, people waste money on the bidding. Um, it's 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 still it's a good game don't get us wrong we'd be i mean i speaking for me i like it this is one of my favorite games um but uh it is more interesting at the six player um now some of you may not be lucky enough to scrounge up six 18 xx players on a regular basis but um you know give it a shot if you if you can if you can find the folks um all right um let's let's get into um some early game after the first or kind of strategies and i'm going to talk for just a second about mergers okay so mergers you're gonna you're gonna combine the companies have to see each other on the board you're gonna combine the two companies you're gonna lose some stock value here because you're taking half the price of the higher company adding it to the lower company and then um you know having your shares um in the in the the sort of early part of the game, that means you're typically merging like a hundred dollar company with a $60 company mm-hmm. and you end up at like a hundred and five, hundred and ten bucks, whatever it is on the stock market there. Um, and so you're really taking all of your lower price shares and throwing that money away. Um, and which is, is fairly expensive. Um, but you know, you may be taking two companies that are single jumping and turning them into one company that is quad or triple jumping on on the stock market. So, yep. so definitely, it, it's not a bad tool. Um, it is definitely uh, an, an interesting uh, mechanism. And, and most of the time, there's going to be multiple mergers during this game. So,
1: Adam, your, your thoughts on the mergers? Uh, one other thing I consider when I'm I'm looking at my merging is. If I started a company early and it was a full cap company from the parliament round, it means that it had an IPO price. It probably had an IPO price of like $58. And it might've been triple jumping for a round or two. So it might be like at the $100 range that Steve's talking about now. So I like to merge that in sooner than later for some of the reasons Steve talked about. But another reason is, is if I don't merge it in and there's IPO shares, people are now gonna be able to buy the IPO shares at $58, instantly earning that $42 of gain on their IPO shares. Um, if I'm if I'm set up to do that, then I would maybe like to leave it so I can buy the shares cheap. Um, and you wanna keep an eye out for people um, that still have those IPO shares who are real cheap in this game. Um, but if you merge, you will take any shares after you're done merging and you'll throw them into the open market. So you're gonna remove that opportunity from yourself and other players. But if you're planning on dumping your money into another venture in the game or something else, uh, I don't like to leave it on the table for others. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: paying attention
1: to the fact that your company
0: or someone else's company has appreciated greatly since the time they IPO'd, but there's still those IPO shares in there, Um, you know, You know, this game does have some strange stock mechanisms. I mean, you can't sell a share you didn't start the stock round with. Um, And so, you know, you've got to make sure that if you're investing in another another player's company, you're prepared to ride out the next OR set with those shares. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if the company ends that OR set with no train, um, yeah, the director is going to take a haircut, but you're going to take a haircut too because those shares are only worth half. And so if you decide you need to bail out um you know you you could be in for a little bit of a pain there but but if you bought the shares at a 40 dollar discount you know kind of who cares right you probably got some payout you're kind of probably okay yeah you know so definitely keep an eye but so so yeah merging to sort of make sure that people aren't making that instant money on you that can be one thing i think most people tend to merge because they've got you know they've got a, a, a freight and a local, and they're like, okay, I can I can hit all these revenue locations and things get better off. Or yeah, you know I I took a local down in the south near London and tokened in London because I knew I was going to merge with my kind of crappy express train up in the north, and now that express train is running to London and the local's running in the north. You know, um, and so so there's a lot of merging around around the synergies. You know, trying to trying to make that
1: um, that synergy. And and the yeah, the jumps from running the two trains together is most is probably gonna be better. Yeah. It's probably gonna be better. Yeah. Another another reason I like to merge in the mid game is if I've started some companies that that might have some cash laying around in each company that I can't quite do anything with that little bit of cash and I don't really wanna kinda buy the trains across or it's not quite working out on buying the trains across with the amount of money you have to pay by merging you're able to get that cash consolidated and maybe buy like a C train, something like that. Like one, one thing would be like, it would be um, you floated at 54. So you you add $360, you bought a B train, you might have $160 sitting there and it might be awkward or you're missing a run to move it. That's not always the case, but it's something I consider yeah. when I'm merging is yeah. getting that money into another train. I, I don't want to sit with $160 on my charter for five ORs. I want to try to find a way to turn it into a train or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Money on on charters for too long. Um, in this game is, is
1: definitely not, not a good thing generally. Um, so another quick strategy, I think about the mid game would be the B trains in this game tend to be really good. Yeah. They B's B's and C's both B's and C's. They they last a long time. Yeah. Um, and especially the way I see a lot of the end game train rush going in the games I play, they're resting pretty close to the same times as the D's rush, rust at the D's don't have warranties. Cause we, we tend to go through all those trends kind of at once. Yeah. So getting early B's or an C right when it comes out, um, can be, can be really strong. Uh, we are playing a game with, um, Talbot one time where he, he kind of showed us buying a bunch of A trains, and then in the mid game when the C hits, the, the A's all rust. Maybe you get that one last run out of them before it happens if you're lucky. Um, you don't have a train, and then you do an early recapitalization, and you get you know another six hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, and then you you buy like two C's and you and you go from there. Yeah, and that I thought that was a really interesting mid game play. Yeah um, for getting those C's out. And then those could run for quite a long time. Because sometimes the early companies don't have the money to be buying into the C's too big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um let's move a little bit on to the mid-game and talk about another strategy. So in the mid-game, um, and and, and Adam just alluded to it, the recapitalization. So you can, you can recap in this game, right? There's no way for the, the uh, director to contribute their own funds to buying a train. You can't force buy a train that way. But what can happen is you can recapitalize. And so the, um, the shareholders are going to take half their stock and throw it in the dump. Um, Provided there's still a shareholder with two and a half shares who can purchase up to that third share. That means there's going to be a director um, and the company will continue to run. But it immediately receives um, its, uh, its starting capital again, which depending upon it's up to a maximum of thousand dollars so if you had uh you know a um, chartered company that means you're going to get your initial chartered money again uh, if you had a non-chartered company um you know it's it's going to be whatever you parted at up to a maximum of a uh, hundred dollar per share price so you're going to get up to a thousand dollars in there um and when you first look at recapitalization, uh, it can feel like a horrendously bad deal. Um, like, oh my God, I'm, I'm just throwing away half my shares. Um, but if you, you do it at the right time, it can be really valuable. I mean, if you're in an OR set, a two OR set you don't want to do it in the first OR like you you want to avoid at all costs because that means that the next OR where the company actually pays you money you're not going to have any shares but if you do it in the second OR set maybe you'll have made money in that first OR set that gets you enough money to rebuy those shares so it starts paying out really well Mm -hmm. um and, and um, you know, you're you're probably better off recapitalizing than merging with a company that has no train, right? Like, if you merge with a company with no train, its stock price is halved before you do any merger calculations. So, you know, you, you may be really bad off if you're merging with a company with no train. Um, and so... So that's one of the things that typically um recapitalization, you might have it happen early. I mean, as Adam mentioned, you might like, you know, just drive a company in there. Um, one of the things that I've seen fairly frequently done is parring a company knowing it's not gonna have money to buy a train. Like you par a company mm-hmm. low, um, you buy a, a ton of shares in it, um, and then you immediately recapitalize it. And so it's a way to turn your $500, your $540. You're like part at 54, buy 10 shares. Okay. There's $540, but now I recapitalize it immediately and get another 500 bucks or something. It'd be, you know, probably wouldn't want to do it that way. Cause you probably could part at a hundred and get five shares, but you know, there's, I've seen those early game recapitalizations, um, or you just buy six shares, so you have three, um, and uh, and you get you get another five hundred dollars in the company. Um, any sort of mid game strategies you like to when do anim-
1: when you're going kind of in the late mid game, and you're about to hit the big permanent train rush. Uh, I think one of the reasons we see it become a very aggressive train rush is people will look around at the companies that floated and they'll see, oh, we have uh, $2,700 in money coming in. That's not gonna buy all these trains. But they forget about other companies that are already existing might choose to recapitalize. So instead of there being $2,700 coming in, you add on like a, a couple $1,000 recapitalizations, all of a sudden you bought through the the H train and the game's gonna end next round. Yeah. And um, so keeping an eye on that in kind of the late mid game on when is the transition gonna happen? Do you wanna recapitalize? Who, who do you think's gonna recapitalize? And then how do you get through the recapitalization with having more than three shares or four shares at the end of it? Cause that's that can happen. You can you can recapitalize, do all your merging and then all of a sudden the game is ending and you got four shares and yeah, I've, only a couple hundred bucks. I've ended a game of this with four shares um going into the last
0: stock round and being you know only having enough money to buy one more and and so if you're doing a lot of merging and then recapitalizing and things, you just you're just you're done, you're cooked. It Doesn't matter how well your company's operating cuz the other players in the game are making the money, not you. So so yeah, um you do have to be careful with that that recapitalization. And and I think that if I mean and you know your playgroup, you know, if your playgroup plays very differently than us, that end game train rush is going to be different. I don't know what's going on, but we are at a stoplight that has now missed two cycles. So we're going a different way. Um and so uh yeah, so if your group doesn't ever do recapitalizing, it's easier to count how much money is gonna be in that end game train rush. In our group, I would I'd say we regularly have someone recapitalize when we're about to break the permanence and, and it's just like, um, we're there. It's yeah, end the game. Okay, you know, we're we're done. So um so, yeah. And, and if, you, if you do play with a group that doesn't ever recapitalize and you want to surprise them sometime. And <laughs> yes. they're thinking like, oh, yeah, we got definitely two or three more OR sets. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you have one more OR set after this, folks.
1: Um, Especially so. if you see someone like, oh, I don't need to buy these D-Train warranties. Because yeah. uh, the D-Trains are going to last a while. We don't have enough money to, to embrace the D-Trains. It's like yeah. you can find the money by taking that haircut on the shares. Yeah. You can get to the money. Yeah. And and you might want to get to the money because you're not the one on those D trains. because uh, yeah. uh, We should probably talk about the D train. So this is the second, I, I, I don't think that the B trains and C trains where you could buy warranties for them, they tend to run a lot of times in our games. I've never seen I've, a I'm... situation
0: where, where a C train warranty was useful.
1: Yeah, I haven't either. Maybe if you are buying like the very last C train and and you're doing it a few, you know, kind of like and you're, as you you know, and you're one of the
0: last companies that operates in a round or something.
1: And it's like rounds after the C trains have been out, like the you know, other people have been running their C trains. You're coming in late, maybe then, but I, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, so the D train is the next train in the game that like, comes with a warranty which goes to show you that this train might not run. Yes. Um, and then you can buy more warranties. Uh, I, I tend to like to get the three warranties if I'm buying a D train. Maybe if I'm buying the first D train, I won't unless I know all of them are getting bought in that same OR. But if I'm buying like the D trains in an OR before, and I know there's D trains gonna be left at the end of that OR. Then I might not buy any warranties. It does seem like for the D trains, you probably want the single warranty that comes with it or you want as many warranties as you can get. You can yeah. get all three.
0: You know, I would say if you're like, if it's like, you know, the you're buying the very first D train and it's the first OR of an OR set and not a lot of companies started and this is like, you know, you finally saved enough money on your local and so that's how you're getting this d-train okay don't buy extra warranties like don't worry about it but if you're in an or set where there's like three brand new companies that just started and you're all buying d-trains yeah buy buy three warranties don't 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 buy two like either buy all three or don't buy any like and if you have, especially if you like, there's several companies that started and they all have cash to buy a train and, and you like, okay, I've got enough money to buy a D train, but I don't have enough money to buy two D trains. And I, 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 even if actually I had enough money to buy two D trains,
1: I think buying D train with two warranties on it is much better than buying two D's. I, yeah, I would yeah. agree. Yeah. I would agree. And I think, you know, shout out for the local D train Because that tends to make a ton of money back into your company, and generally, if you have three warranties on that, uh, it's going to probably pay itself back off, and just the local money it runs for, if you have a good um, network set up for it. Uh, And then that money, then you can probably use with other capital to buy an H-Train once it's done. Yeah. Um, We have, I've seen that quite a bit in games we play.
0: And yet, he still I, doesn't I, buy local companies, people. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe I can get him cheaper next time because Steve's no longer bidden in on, on the parlor round. I it's I the next game I play with you, all. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. For the train rush, I think it really triggers on when that E train gets purchased. Because then that will... I think that's the train that rusts the bees. And then once the bees get rusted... Now, all of a sudden, people can start recapitalizing and stuff, and the trains might start going yeah um and they they might not want to recapitalize it might they might be forced into it, so if you're buying the d, you're truly trying to answer like when is that e gonna break right do i like am I gonna get a run or two out of this d before the e breaks, or like is the e breaking before I even run this d yeah um yeah and and in our group, i mean. Typically, what happens
0: is in the the OR that the the E breaks, the the H is breaking the next OR. Like it's just like this absolute cascade of train rusting events. That you know, this either we have too many companies in the game. And you know, or people aren't in set up to do their mergers right then and there. But it's typically this just like, bam, 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 bam. The trains just absolutely flood out of the game. I would say we typically run five or six OR sets. I rarely do I see seven. I don't think I've ever seen four. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, it's just like the, you're on that last D, and boom, you're you're done. So, um and and so end of game thoughts um you know Adam you want to kick us off with some end of game like end of game strategy thoughts and whatnot
1: yeah i'll go i'll go over one of the one end game strat that i like to do and it involves your capitalization is maybe a common setup i can i've done in the past is i have my two companies early on that merge together And they've been working their way up to you know somewhere around two hundred dollars per share with the quad jumping. Um, Yeah, I'm probably sitting at like six of those shares, maybe five. Um, But it has that. I mean, it has like B trains, C trains. It's gonna, it's gonna hit that end game wall when the trains come out. Um, But I have a lot of money, so before that happens, I'm trying to float something that is going to be merged in. So I'm trying to find either a permit that I want in a parliament round or I'm trying to find a station that works really well um, for me in that merge, for the late game merge. And uh, and then I'm trying to figure out like a low par value where I can buy a lot of shares of it. And so what I'm going to try to pull off in the rush is I want I want my big top end company to get a run at B and C trains in that, that OR before the new companies can rust them so it gets one run out of it um, and I get the cash then in the next round when it comes back around uh, I want to my low company runs I want it to buy either a D train with warranties or if I get lucky and a part low maybe I can be the one that snags in early E train with that capital and I'm, and uh, when it comes back around on the second or, uh, I want to set up the top end company. It now has no trains. Hopefully, has a little bit of capital. I can recapitalize it. If I've if I've done it correctly, I'm down to five shares. I've so I've sold some shares at two hundred dollars, and then I own, I can buy the option to get back up to three shares, get another thousand dollars plus the capital. Hopefully, buy like two permanent trains right then and there, yeah. with three shares in the company. And then uh, I wait now for the, the low company to run, which I hopefully have been able to buy, I don't know, seven shares in it, six shares in it, eight shares in it, maybe all 10 if the game's going really well for me and no one else bought. And then I can hopefully run that D train or E train it has one time and pay out seven shares to 10 shares. So now I've made two payouts that round and I can merge it at the end of OR2 and I'm, I'm hopefully merging a seven-share uh, low low company with these three shares I've recapitalized on my big company, um, that would give me uh, 10 shares, so I would end up with five shares in the remaining company. If I was able to land at 11, I could option up and have six shares of it. So now by the third set, I'm at, or I guess we we'll would be going into a stock round. By, by the time we're going into a stock round, I've had some pretty big payouts hopefully and I have five or six shares in a company with like two permanent trains and a D-train with three warranties or... And like or, $200 or, on the stock chart. And, yeah. yeah, or if the timing worked out really well for me, I might have three permanent trains already and I'm good to go in the next round. I just can use all my money to buy as many shares of that as possible or whatever shares are really good. Um, so I... I like that late game strat um, quite a bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and so, you know, one of the things that we both love about the end game on this game is that um, the, the map is frozen, um, you know, for the last OR set, um, I, I really appreciate that mechanic because it just speeds up the inevitable um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, you don't have to deal with people trying to figure out how to lay track four hours into a game. Um, and I think we both both really appreciate that um, yeah really, like that yeah the, the the timing strategy of you know starting a game or starting a train um starting a train company near the end of the game and starting it low, you buy a ton of its shares, you merge it with the high price company i mean even like if you 're if you 're starting a hundred dollar company and you 've got a two hundred dollar company, you know selling down your two hundred dollar shares to buy two for one before the merger is the thing to do now you know this now you have to be a little careful because someone could actually steal a company i guess but um typically i don't see anybody stealing companies in this game because they're too focused on their own stuff i mean maybe that that would actually be a strategy of like look around and like oh someone's selling down their high share company and you know maybe i can merge that company and it looks set up pretty well and that kind of thing and so I don't know, maybe maybe that's something we should be on the lookout
1: for. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you can look out for is if you think someone's going to do it, you can then buy into their low-share company, not let them have eight shares of it or ten shares of it. Yeah. And you can ride that train because that you know, $80 share, $100 share is going to quickly become like a $200-plus share yeah. and then be quadrupling to the end of the game and ending up at $600.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. folks. So we're
0: now—if you've never played this game before, or you've only played it one or two times—we're um, about ten minutes from uh, the Victory Point Cafe, and so that means we got ten more minutes of talking about sixty-two. And this is the time where, if you've only played it once or twice, just skip forward ten minutes. Make sure you get to the little musical interlude before my end-of-night wrap-up thoughts because we're now going to talk about something that um, may be a little controversial about this game and involves a strategy which um, you may not want to know about until you've enjoyed this game quite a bit. Okay, so now now we've we've filtered those people out. You guys have played this game a bunch of times. There is a strategy that I am not 100% convinced is a dominant strategy and will win this game every single time, but I'm like ninety percent convinced uh adam
1: are, where are you where are you on that scale are you ninety percent convinced or are you like less than that maybe less than than ninety but I mean when i when I went for it, I was surprised even the fact that I thought I was not doing well in the game. You were sucking in that game. I, that was the game we bought all yeah, the game,
0: warranties.
1: Yeah, I was I was having a terrible early game, a terrible mid game, and all of a sudden I just, I, I did this and I came out with a huge lead, a huge share advantage yeah. on people. And that was, there's a rule where um, you can sell president shares into the market without having to transfer it to some other player. So right. you can just say, take this off my hands. Right. And and so,
0: all right, so let me explain the strategy. So the first time this happened, um, to me, uh, I was against Jonathan Anderson. Shock. Um, Jonathan's a great player. And he did this. and I, And it was just like, wow, this is fantastic. Now, he didn't quite pull it off at the right time. And so I thought maybe there was like a like a, like he didn't quite do it um, but he still killed us in that game Like at the time when he did it I was like oh, I'm not sure this is going to work out for you Jonathan because he didn't quite get far enough into the trains there but no he still kicked our ass so okay here's the strategy folks the timing is so a D train or two has been purchased this is the perfect timing okay a D train or two has been purchased you've just entered a stock round you've got couple of companies, um, they're worth, you know, somewhere in the 120, $140 range. And you've got like, um, you know, six, seven shares of each. All right. Now, typically people in the last OR set will have merged those two companies and they'll be coming out with like a $160 company with seven shares. Um, I think the best way to play this strategy is to in in a four-player game to have started two companies and never merge in a five or higher player uh companies to start one company and buy as many shares of it as possible um never recapitalize never never start another company and merge and so anyway you enter the stock round and um you get people to do whatever the hell it is they're doing which is normally they're going to start other companies and maybe even in the parliament round and you might Choose to start something in the Parliament Round 2 if you have a lot of money. But the very first thing you're going to do is you're going to sell every share of stock you own. You are going to completely dump every company you have, and you're going to get all of the money for the stock. Okay? And... So as opposed to someone who, let's pretend they just merged, right? They, they had their $220, $140 companies. They've come out with a $160 company, and they've got six shares of stock, okay? So they, they, if they, they're going to have effectively, under their belt, about $1,000 in capital. Now, you, with your $240 companies or whatever, are going to have not cut your shares down. You're going to have every single share of stock. And you're going to be sitting on somewhere between 1000 thousand and fifteen hundred and $1,500 in cash, which you then can use to start brand new companies that don't have shitty little B trains in them, that don't have shitty little C trains in them. And you have about mm-hmm. 30% more cash than anybody else in the game. Okay? And you're going to start two new companies or one new company, first of all, first thing you're going to do is if you enter that stock round and you look at your total share value plus the cash you have and you have like in excess of $1,600, you might choose to do a chartered company and max it out at $100. Okay. But you need $1,000 for the other half. You need to have $1,000 that you're going to have in the next round because what you're going to do is you're going to take your $1,000 and you're going to start a company at $200 a share. You're going to start an incremental cap company. You're going to buy five shares of it or maybe six if you have the money and you're going to start at $200 because what you're going to do with that $1,200 is you're going to kill everybody's trains. And you're going to operate, surprise, first. Yeah. And just, absolutely all these, these other people who have been like, you know, I merged my companies and I'm going to start a new company and merge it in. Those mergers are all going to happen when they're trainless. and And, you know, so you may not kill all the trains, but you're really wanted to kill the first few companies trains and hopefully you know you're getting into those e's you kill their B's. you know maybe they have a c that they run but you and you're just going to start this never-ending cascade of death
1: yeah the strategy i just talked about for my recapitalization emerging late game that i like to do um if if that first company's not above 200 dollars it it is getting absolutely trashed by this dump strategy. Yeah, because it's—I'm it's, not going to get those payouts that I wanted to get. I might have one of those payouts, and my share values are going to be less. I'm going to have less money in hand yeah. come that next stock round.
0: Yeah, and and so the the the
1: um you know this this sort of what
0: I call <laughs> pump and dump is you've taken all that capital, you've turned it into brand new companies. Now, what you might be saying, but Steve. Where are you starting this company? The board is full of tokens by this time. Yes, your tokens. You're going to start this company in the same space as your old company is going to operate. Because you're going to make damn sure that those companies disappear in that first OR. You're going to leave those companies with not enough money to buy trains when they finally get down to their turn. Because you sold their stock and they went down. Um, and they're they're just and they didn't merge, so they're not operating higher in there. They're going to not have trains, and and so they're just going to go poof and disappear. And so you know, even though you may have built like a great train network for your early companies, their their tokens are going to leave the map. They're not going to have enough money to to uh, to buy trains. And so you you also might be thinking, well, aha, I can beat this strategy. It's really easy. I buy one of those companies out from you because I only have to pay for three shares. And, you know, I, I'm, I, can, I can leave the tokens on the map that way. When Adam did this, we had one of our better players buy his company because he was like, these are fantastic tokens. And by the end of the next OR set, he was just done. He was totally dead. And he was winning the game up to that point. He was in the strongest position. So I, I don't know how you defend against it. Um, the only time I've lost employing this strategy was when another player employed the strategy. The exact, as soon as I dumped all my shares and started a new company, it was like, oh, my God, I got to do that, too. And he had more money than I did. And so and he, had, he, had, he had started a full cap company in addition to the incremental cap. And so he did it
1: better than me. It wasn't that he didn't employ the strategy; he just did it better than I did, right? It's gonna be real fun for the other people in that game and two people are flooding the. Oh. The, yeah, everybody the else just got, yeah. money.
0: Him and I absolutely crushed um, everybody else, and uh, and it was it was not not fun for the other players in the game. Um, so, you know, anyway that we're we're, i'm doing like parking maneuvers so i'm only half paying attention to the podcast folks but um but uh you know this is this is a strategy that i want people who listen to this podcast you now own the game because gmt did a great production of it we've been lucky we've been uh we've been playing this game for a while we had an older copy um and and give it a shot. Um, leave me some feedback. Let me know. Um, like, oh, no, Steve, I tried doing that. I got my ass handed to me. Um, uh, I've threatened to make my uh, train gaming buddies, like, um, play this game to a certain point And then we freeze it and take pictures. And then we play it out to the end in multiple different ways. And each person takes a turn um, doing the strategy and seeing if they win the game every single time. Um, I really hope i'm i 'm wrong because um, this is one of my favorite games. I love so many elements of this game, but if it has a dominant strategy like this where you everybody has to do this in order to win, um, that will lessen my enjoyment of the game so
1: Adam any final thoughts uh, I think a final thought about this game is i 'm always surprised by the time we put play through the game about how sort of few. Tracklays I end up getting throughout the game, <laughs> it just—it always feels like I'm making tough choices on track. I like it. Come on, you get two yellows. You get two yellows. I mean, you can you can add a dit to. You can add a DIT in this game as one of your actions. I almost never feel like I have... You never an, own track points to add the DIT. You never oh. own locals. And maybe that's why. you I, never, I never own things. locals. Why would I
0: add the DIT? And you always start the EUR, which is an N. That's why you don't get the track lays.
1: Yeah, I, I will say that that's my favorite. Yeah. Favorite yeah. company, EUR. If you're looking for the early strats when you're picking up this game, start the EUR with a an espresso or a freight. If, not if it's a local. It's a horrible local so Yeah, company. don't do it on a local. I... Uh, so yeah, the, the track points in the game is real tight. It might be with how fast we're getting those per minutes through, um, but it, it definitely means that we have a lot of games where not everything is that built out by the time that we're ending the game and the track is locked down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and you can use this track to, to attack in this game. I mean, you you definitely unfriendly track lays. Um, the the wise especially can be unfriendly um, with that one less leg. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, you, you don't be casual about the track lays. It's actually this is I, I have a hard time thinking of a game that's track lays are more important in than in this game. Track lays are super important in this game.
1: Yeah, with the fact well non cities. Get, cities get st- tokened out and then non cities can never have intersections yeah and that's a that really makes the track the way it gets laid um, can lock you out or it can be it can be great I, I still think it's better to open early next to other players because I, I think that there's so few track points that you have access to by yourself that um, if you're trying to be in your own corner of the map, away from everyone they're not going to mess with you but you're not going to get any help on upgrades and you're going to be behind you're going to be running for less is is usually what i see when i try to go off on my own
0: yeah yeah all right well there you have it folks uh thanks very much and um we'll go play some games i'll be back with some after game thoughts
1: and uh We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Hopefully next Wednesday I'll have some thoughts on 1824.
0: Yeah, we don't have that thought. Actually, oh, um, you know, I'm thinking of putting a, a poll up on the tweeters. Um, and because uh, I know there's like a bunch of upcoming games that we play a ton of, like 49's getting reprinted and uh 17's getting printed and Max is getting a new printing. And so we play a ton of those games. So I'm figuring we could do um, so we play those games a lot, so we we'll probably do some podcasts on those. But I'm thinking of putting a poll up there to kind of say, hey, which games should we do? Um, should we make Adam play 24? Or actually, I think you may end up playing 24 tonight. I think we're playing 24 tonight. So Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, I'd like to. So, so anyway, uh, check us out on the tweeters, and we'll talk to you next week. From the great Atlantic
1: Ocean to the wide
0: Pacific shore. From the queen of flowing mountains To the south, built by the shore She's tall and handsome And she's known quite well ball. Hey folks, well Yet another night of Train Gaming is in the Books Um played uh, 1824 tonight uh, It was Adam, Pete, and myself And Dan from Michigan um, who I met at Chattanooga played uh, one game of 24 with him there um, and uh, he's out here on a business trip and so he was able to uh, come on over and play our Wednesday night train games um, so it's great great to have him with us I'm gonna uh, I'm actually gonna do a slightly different thing tonight I'm not gonna drive off right away because the freeway noise is just horrendous, um, and so I'm gonna, you know, not uh, not hit the freeway. So I'll sit here and idle for a couple minutes and chat, and then uh, then get on the way and uh, cut off the mic before I get on the the freeway. And you won't have to listen to the drone. Um, so a few observations from tonight's game. Um, Adam won, of course, uh, and as I mentioned in the podcast on the way over, we didn't do twenty four because he didn't remember twenty four very well, and he was sure he's going to get it wrong. Um, but even though he didn't remember it, um, he still managed to uh, to kick some ass. And uh, the interesting thing was, it was really kind of hard to understand like where it turned for him. Um, he had the um, we played standard map. Um, four player standard game um he had the position of having the the uh, brown number one and i had the purple number two i had the black company with that um, and he had like the purple uh the purple number two and the orange number three and the green i didn't think it was a great position um but adam's always able to turn that stuff around well um, and what happened is is the uh both the purple and the brown formed in the same or um, and that was partly due to dan buying too many trains he bought some five trains um, he bought one for each of his companies he had the, both the um he had the brown number two company and also the yellow in the blue so he had great synergy up in that uh northwestern corner of the map but um when he formed his two companies um he uh he bought um five trains for him he bought three g's he had three g's on him and fives on him and because he bought the fives well that meant that the uh the KK formed up, the Brown Company formed up early. Um, and But the amazing thing was um, the uh, both the KK and the, the Ugg, um, their first trains available to buy were eights. Like all the sixes had been burned through and we bought eights and then the game bought a 10. So in the previous OR set, the game exported a four and that was the first four, um, forming the, uh, the, uh, orange company. I forget what it's, it's symbol is. Um, but, um, so the, uh, the orange company formed up at the very end of that OR set because the, the four got exported. Um, actually maybe the orange or maybe Pete bought the first four with his red and then, um. Then the game exported the second four, but needless to say, in one OR set we went through all the fours, the fives, the sixes, and the eights. Um, so super fast train rush. Um, I mean, all the uh, coal companies formed that round, um, and um, both the uh, all the Stotspahn spawn finished forming. So yeah, you got to be careful of that. Um, Pete missed, I think, an opportunity to win the game, or at least not have to worry about Adam and uh, and Dan. Um, he didn't see it. Um, he was he stalled on forming the um, the Orange Company. He could have had. He's formed the the in the in the second OR set, third OR set at the at the third stock round, he formed the red company. He had $350, he had um, two of the mountain companies that he could throw in for shares, so he parted a hundred bucks, he had five red shares, and he formed that red company, and rather than buying a four train, because we were on the cusps of the fours, he could have bought a four, and he decided to buy a 2G. Now he could run the G because um, Adam had been working um, across the bottom of the map with that um, purple two and the 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 black uh, the green company. Um, and so he could actually run the G train um, and he bought that that two G rather than buying the four, which would have caused his orange company to form. Now he had a bunch of twos in that orange company. And so he's like, well, I'm getting 50% of twos um, versus killing those twos. And he would have only have had 30% of the orange company. And so he was like, Why bother? Like, you know, why turn off that money flow? But what he didn't see was he could have bought a four and a 3G and he would have killed Adam's two 1Gs. He would have also killed Dan's two 1Gs. He would have killed Adam's twos and it would have just, Adam would have just been in a world of pain. Um, Now, Pete. Well, we after Pete ended his turn and we said you missed this opportunity, um, he didn't see it. So okay, he didn't see it. But um, he, uh, you know, he said well, I probably wouldn't have done it anyway because he thinks he would have been, you know, that company would have been crippled buying so many non permanent trains early on, and you know his his orange would have just not been in great shape. And I was kind of like, well, you'd only had thirty percent of the orange. You might as well, you know, ran the orange and withheld and bought over trance in the red you you would have been okay you know maybe one more withhold towards the end of the game um but but anyway that was shoulda woulda cut it didn't happen it was it was it was an interesting game tonight it was it was a good game um uh, i probably we called it a little early because um you know it was getting close to 11 and we wanted to pick up and and uh, we weren't going to finish the game no matter what so um so we, we, we just gave it to Adam. I probably had second. Pete thinks I had second. Um, Dan was pretty much out of it because uh, he decided to force by a train towards the end there and just as a way to shake up things. But um, but, but he would have been down shares, so I, I don't think he would have caught up um, to, to third place. Um, he was probably in fourth. Um, not ragging on Dan here. Dan's a fairly new player, but uh, I'm going to point out sort of some of the things that – that dan did that i've seen many new players do um and it was feedback i I gave dan so i i think dan listens to the podcast and um uh so i hope he doesn't feel i'm beating up on it um but um so one of the one of the things that i see a lot of new 18xx players do and especially people who have a fairly um Well, I don't want to say extensive, but they played a lot of Euro games, okay? And they've especially played a lot of the Euro games that um, I uh, tend not to enjoy, which is what I consider the the multiplayer solitaire games. They're games which you have your own board, and you kind of do your own thing, and you sort of like draw from common resources. and there's, there's a lot of games like this out there, and a lot of people find them enjoyable, and hey, if you do, that's great. Um, but I I don't, I they're not interactive enough for me. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously, if you've listened to my podcast, you understand how important interactivity is to me in a game. Um, and so, anyway, so what that does for new players is they tend to get a little myopic. They tend to look at the game state of how can I improve my situation? How can I make my things go better? And so they, they're constantly looking at their own game state and and trying to, you know, um, make it just a little bit better in one track lay, one, you know and the thing about about eighteen and most eighteen XX games is that they are they are delta games, as Pete likes to say, you gotta look at the deltas. Um and and what what we mean by that is, is you got to look at, okay, I can make this move that is maybe neutral for me, um, or maybe even a little negative for me, but is it more negative for other people? Um, and more importantly, you know, is it, is it going to make my position relative to them better? Right. And so, um, and, and so Dan had, um, some opportunities to lay tokens that he did not take because they would not have benefited him. Um, He's like, well, I'm not going to run that area of the board, so why would I lay a token? And, you know, and so what, what happened was is that other players benefited pretty greatly by being able to run um, bigger trains than they were supposed to. Um, he may have had some opportunities for some uh, nasty track lays, too. Um, I didn't, noticed that or didn't really wasn't really gaming that out in my head but there's several times where i'm kind of like okay okay dan you you can token now and um and he didn't um and uh in fact uh actually at the end of the night dan was kind of like hey i've got a you know podcast idea for you i would love to have a a podcast on tokening strategies and um, i i think that's a good idea i think we'll we'll do that actually uh, adam was talking about maybe something about um, how to design routes and how we view routes which um, I'm actually known as a fairly good track layer um, but uh, the interesting thing is I have I, I I don't know if I can explain it <laughs> um, but adam Adam has some points and things that he thinks he can explain so we'll, we'll do that but um, so I'm sure we'll do a, a podcast also on on tokening strategies and things you've got to think about that May not be an entire i asked uh, dan to send in questions uh on that so we make sure we get some questions answered um if you've got questions um uh you know of, of things that you'd like to hear about like how do you think about track laying how do you think about token laying um i will probably i would imagine we should do something about how to how to sort of read the game state around train buying um uh, Anyway, so other strategy tips and things like that. A lot of this does tend to be game-dependent, and so like general advice on token laying may, may be really wrong uh, for some games, but I think there's some common rules. And we play enough games, we can probably say, well, in this game, it plays this way, and you know, don't follow this advice and things. So anyway, um, Twitter's the best way to send in those questions, I think. Uh, I am going to put up a Twitter poll, um, hopefully before you hear this on uh what games you want us to cover um and or just just at me on on the twitters um if there's specific games you want to cover there's a lot of games that are like you know um, being produced mass produced right now um, and all aboard has got a slew of games scheduled to come out now or in the near future Um, most of those games we play fairly regularly and we could totally talk about Um, so yeah, I look forward to that. Um, so back to tonight's game, um, you know, um, like I said, it was a fun game. It was an interesting game, played a little differently. Um, and, uh, you know, key, just keep an eye out when you're, if you're a learning player, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of thinking that this podcast is for people who've played some, but not played a lot. Um, I'm not teaching any of the old timers anything new. That's so for damn sure. They're probably telling me why I'm wrong. But um, you know, as you as you work to become a better player, uh, just keep an eye out for how can I how can I hurt other people's positions, not necessarily just help mine. Um, and, and look up from your little company board games. So with that, I'm getting on the freeway and I'm signing off. Uh, everybody have a great week. Happy train it. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, the mighty rush of the engine, hear that lonesome hobo squall Traveling through the jungles on that Wabash cannonball Ooh, Lady, hey, oh, lady, hey, lady, lady hey.